it, Red Arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls on down the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. And welcome back to another episode of Tales of Red Arm. I am one of your hosts, Justin. And I'm the other one, James. The Exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and currently in pain, but here we are. Hey, that's worth it, right? Not really. No pain, no gain. <laughs> what am I getting out of this? Book knowledge. <laughs> wow. Alrighty. So, uh, welcome everybody to Chapter 42, Remembrance of Dreams. Um... I think we're going to just dive into it, because I don't think we have anything as of currently to go over. Um, no. Not like, we, not like we ever actually do, but oh well. Just got to do the usual silence of the lambs going on. Um... <laughs> Lamb squeals in the background. Shut up, lamb. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, at the end of uh, last chapter, um, we basically had uh, Moraine and the party show up to Queen's Blessing, and then they kind of get introduced to Basil Gill and everything, but then they go up to um Matt's Matt and Rand's room and Moraine comes in and Matt did his little monologue before she shows up where you know it creeps everybody out and he seems really different than his his usual cheerful pranksterish self. Um, yeah, I was kind of not expecting his head to start spinning and him just to start vomiting green stuff. <laughs> you have a weird imagination, good sir. <laughs> Oh, you know, the exodus and all that. But, um, anyway. when Moraine shows up, she's like, everybody get away from him, he's a crazy psycho, blah, blah, blah. you know, going on, getting off of the whole thing. And, yeah. um, so, she tells everybody to leave Matt with her and Lan. So Lan's still holding him still, and Moraine's doing Moraine stuff. So here we are at the beginning of chapter 42, and now Rand is leading the pack down stairs to kind of like get away from them give them some time and whatnot um and the day is starting to get a little bit how did you say uh it's getting closer and closer to later evening and closing in on night like the sun's slowly kicking down and Rand's kind of just thankful that they're all back together again, but he's still, like, worried about Matt. For obvious reasons. I mean, they're buddies, so. Um, but they head the back, the back way to the library, because they don't want to head to the common room and whatnot. Um, so they went through the kitchens and everything, and they don't get a whole lot of traffic in the library at, you know, the Queen's Blessing, because anybody who reads typically reads at nicer places in the inner city and whatnot so um it's more for master gill's entertainment and whatnot but i guess you could say it's also for loyal's entertainment since he's here um <laughs> but 
Rand's not sure why Moraine wants him to not be seen by anybody, but it's probably a good idea that they don't. So he's just like, all right, we'll head to the library instead. Um, but then he's also remembering the incident with the White Cloak under officer that happened also at the beginning of last chapter or mid early mid the last chapter at um, some point last chapter. yeah at some point um so he's like you know we, gotta, we have to worry about the white cloaks we got to worry about elida this that and the other and um they go into the the library and he doesn't realize all of a sudden that everyone's stopped so he like turns around they're all just open mouths and just what's going on and Loyal's just, you know, hanging out on the couch reading with a little cat curled up on his stomach asleep. And he closes the book and gently sets the cat on the floor and then, you know, stands up and bows. And Rand's like, oh, I'm used to him. They're not. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, Loyal. I was waiting for these yeah. guys. Yeah, the word used is literally sprawled. So yeah, it's just kind of like I, I don't know how I don't know how we, I would even respond to too if I just went to my living room and there was a monster, not just there, but a monster just there chilling. Just... I mean, to be fair, he's not a monster; he's no gear. I know, but like you know, <laughs> someone with a, I'll be kind and say abnormal appearance, <laughs> an overly large appearance. You mean? Um, but uh, yeah. so... I don't call him fat or something. He's not fat. He's thick boned. <laughs> <laughs> um rand ex introduces his uh friends from the two rivers and everything and um loyal's like oh yeah Gwen. rand spoke a lot of you a lot or spoke about you a lot yeah words and um he introduces himself as loyal and rand's like yeah he's he's a no gear and they're all like whoa he's a legend i never thought i'd see a legend in life so loyal's just like yeah i'm used to people gaping at me and um, he's like, he, he probably doesn't notice it compared to a, a mob shouting, Trollic! <laughs> so, more or less a pleasant introduction for Loyal. Yeah. And Loyal asks about the Aes Sedai that's supposed to be with the party. And Rand tells him he's, she's upstairs with Matt. And he's like, oh, so he, he must be really ill. Um, but let's sit down and... Maybe she'll join us at some point, and you just gotta wait. So, you know, everyone from the two rivers is, you know, chilling, calming down, because, you know, there's a lot of chairs and stuff for them to sit in. And they kind of ask um, a bunch of questions. They begin to ask a bunch of questions to Loyal. And Perrin starts out asking about the setting and asking if they're actually havens. But... Loyal's excited to talk about the setting, obviously, because, you know, setting's kind of a big deal to Ogier. <laughs> um, he told them about how he came to the Queen's Blessing and all his different travels. And, you know, Ren had already knew all this, so he's just kind of listening partially and whatnot. But um, we get kind of an, a viewpoint here about Loyal's sense of time. Like, 300 years is a, you know... A short time <laughs> like it's 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 a it's you know it's a story whatever you know no big deal um and he had left his setting like three years ago but he makes it sound like he was only a few months ago so three years is not necessarily equal to three months ago 
or something, but it's it's a comparable concept of years translates into not really years. Like a human's years and an Ogier's years are the same years, but because Ogier live a lot longer, it's similar to like elves and men and you know Lord of the Rings and whatnot, where elves don't have the same concept of time that humans do because humans are always bustling trying to get things accomplished because they have short lifespans where the elves are just kind of like taking their time because they have forever um so it's, it's that concept difference for time but it's a valid thing to cover but while loyal's talking Rand thinks of matt and the stupid dagger and everything he's like it's the one thing he carries and it's the thing that's probably gonna end up killing him and it's like we should just go somewhere but we can't go home he's like well maybe we can go somewhere that they haven't heard of Aes Sedai or the Dark One he's like oh yeah because you're going to have so many of those places to go to <laughs> yeah, where's that? the blob of the ocean but even like let's say you know let's say they're important to the Dark One for something or whatever so like whether it be stopping him whether it be preventing him from getting the final pieces to the puzzle he needs to take over the world whatever it might be them going somewhere doesn't necessarily stop it because the Dark One could literally just overwhelm the world with Trollocs and Fades and stuff. Like, it's not necessarily that he needs this extra stuff. He could always create more of his monstrosities and then fling them at the people because men can't uh, recreate, or not recreate, uh, reproduce faster than he can create uh, Trollocs and Murdral and any other of the Shadow Spawn and whatnot, and some Shadow Spawn. It'd be it'd be similar to like Lord of the Rings where you have you know a Balrog. A Balrog can take out quite a few people before it gets taken out. So it just you have another Balrog show up, or you have a dragon or something else that's going to wipe out large swaths of your opponents. But you can always pump out more orcs faster than they can pump out elves or man or even dwarves. So it's like, what's, what's really going to stop the Dark One? So if you just get into like a boat or something and they just head off, find an island and just chill there. Even if you manage to get away from the dreams of with Baalzaman, even if you manage to get away from anywhere and they can't find you, that doesn't mean you stop the Dark One. It just means that he's going to take a little bit longer to do what he's going to do. So you're not actively participating in it. So it's going to cause you problems one way or the other. So his concept yeah, you're, like... You're just, yeah, you're just denying the inevitable. Yeah, you're something that has yeah will play a part either in the success of the Dark One or the fall of the Dark One in some shape or form. There might be a little bit of a, uh, a spectrum in terms of what part that actually plays like you could technically be a thorn in his side without being a direct thorn in his side just you're you're just a nuisance or somebody who has the potential to stop him but if you're off somewhere else you're not trying to stop him then you might as well be dead in that perspective because then you're not effectively countering him so but Rand's thinking about this with the, the dagger and Matt and everything and then um they had been talking for a while, and then the door opens, and um, Matt comes in, and Rand's thinking he's imagining it, but Matt comes in, and he's just standing there blinking, and, you know, 
got his usual garb up and everything. He's even got his dark scarf wrapped low around his forehead. Um, and he's like, kind of like, he doesn't look sick, but he looks like he's nervous. And Moraine comes in with her hand on Matt's shoulder and lands behind them and everything. So, um, Moraine seems to be watching Matt a little bit like something could happen, but, um, I'll have you go ahead and pick up this part. Alright. <clears throat> Matt, he looks out to see if he had never been a sick a day. His first hesitant smile included everyone. Though it slipped into an open-mouthed stare at the, the sight of Loyal, as if he, he were seeing the O'Gear for the first time. With a shrug and a shake, he turned his attention back to his friends. I... Ah... Uh, that is... He took a deep breath. It... Uh, please ignore that. <laughs> That's what Matt said. Just ignore it. <laughs> all that happened ignore, here recently just ignore that yeah yeah ignore the banging noises um i it uh seems i've been acting uh sort of oddly i don't remember much of it really he gave moraine an uneasy look she smiled back confidently and he went on everything is hazy after Whitebridge. tom and the he shivered and hurried on. Further from Whitebridge, the hazier it gets. I don't really remember arriving in Camelot at all. The IT loyal as guns. Not really. Moraine Sedai says I. Upstairs. I, uh. He grinned and suddenly he truly was the old man. You can't hold a man to blame for what he does here when he's crazy, can you? You always were crazy, Perrin said, and for a moment, he too sounded as of old. No, only if he had said he had tears. Tears made her eyes here bright, but she was smiling. None of us blames you. Randon and Egwene began here talking at once, then telling Matt how happy they were to see him well and how well he looked. With a few laughing comments, he had thrown it about hoping he was here and done with tricks now that he had once so ugly had been here played on him. Matt met here banter with banter, and he found a chair with all of his old swagger. As he sat down, still grinning, he absentmindedly touched his coat, as if he had to be make sure that something tucked behind his belt was still there. Rand's breath caught. Yes, Moraine said quietly. He still has the dagger. Laughter indeed, the talk he was still going on among the rest of the Emmond field folk. But if she had to notice his sudden intake of breath, and he had seen what had caused it. She moved close to his chair, where she did not have to raise her voice for him to hear clearly. I cannot take it away from him without killing him. Binding as he lasted too long, and grown too strong. That he must be unknotted in Tarvalin. It is beyond me, or any low and ice to die, even with a get out. Is Angriel? Angriel. Angriel. Even with an Angriel. 
but he doesn't look sick anymore. He had a thought, and he looked up at her. As long as he has you the dagger, the fates will know where we are. Dark friends too, some of them. You said so. I have contained that, after a fashion. If they come close enough to sense it now, it will be on top of us anyway. I cleansed the taint from him, and indeed did he why could he to slow its return. But return it will in time, unless he, he receives help in Tarvalin. I could think that's where we're going, isn't it? He thought he... He may be at he will see the resignation in his voice, and the hope for something else, that he may really give him a sharp look before turning away. Oof. <laughs> yeah, alright. <laughs> uh... Like, like, like many things, I said here before I needed, like, the pre-record section, but I don't want to know what Moraine did to Matt, because I know it's probably going to be horrifying. She has stolen his soul. It's just... Oh, you know, it's it's fine. I just had to amputate a part of his soul, his, es his eternal essence, you know? Everything's fine. <laughs> but yeah, Matt's okay. Ostensibly. He appears to be okay. For the time being. Yeah. But, I mean, we're learning that, you know, Matt didn't have any really knowledge of everything after Whitebridge. Like, he vaguely remembers Tom and the Fade, and after that it just starts to become just kind of a blur, and he doesn't really remember anything. Almost as if it was someone else controlling him through that time period. Not necessarily that it was someone controlling him, but that that's the kind of concept where he's he's acting almost like a mindless agent. Not really sure. Which, you know, is kind of weird considering some of the stuff that went on with him. Like when he was taking care of Rand and Rand was sick or whatever, or even with Howell Goad and whatnot. Hmm. He seemed to be in his right mind, like, hey, we gotta get out of here, like, this is crazy, you know? He seems to be in his right mind, but he doesn't remember much of that stuff. And then you have things like, um, when they're, you know, when they're in the stable and Rand's sick and Matt's watching over him and the, the dark friend tries to kill him, right? You have this, uh, you have this situation where Matt responds how you would expect Matt to respond. Like, ah, someone's trying to kill me. You know, like that, that's how you would expect Matt to respond. So it's strange that even though Whitebridge is the last thing he really remembers everything else afterwards, he doesn't. So it's this, it's this strangeness behind it. It's not just a simple cut and dry. Someone possessed him or something of that nature. It's not even like the controlling aspect. It's like a weird disease that slowly, like, erases your memories and focuses on things. I'm not saying, like, that's what happened, of course. I'm trying to explain it without giving away what it is. Um, yeah. But in terms of that, it's 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 something where even Matt's just like, ah, I've been a little weird, apparently, lately, and I'm sorry about that. And, you know, with him being like, sorry, parents like, yeah, 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 you're just a crazy dude anyway. And, of course, Nynaeve's really happy that he's back to more or less normal after being what she just saw him. 
Because um, the last time she saw him was Jenner Logoth, and he was, you know, perfectly fine and whatever. And then now she sees him for the first time, and he's like, pretty naive. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, and then it's whoa. Just, you know, attempting, attempting to stab someone. <laughs> yeah. Without seeming to put any effort into it. So it it feels like it's almost like a parasite concept from like a sci-fi film or something. But it's not. <laughs> um, but everyone's kind of like happy he's back. He seems to be back to normal and whatnot. But Rand notices that he still has the dagger. And that basically they're linked together. So Matt and the dagger, their fates are kind of sealed with each other as of right now. Um. So they need to go to like, Tarvala, and he's like, well, it's a good thing we're going there. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I suppose it is a good thing we're going there. But then, um, after the meeting with Matt coming in and saying hi to everybody, um, Loyal gets on his feet and, you know, bows to Moraine, and he introduces himself with his long-winded name, which is always fun. Um, and he even mentions, you know, the setting off for Sanctuary to the Servants of the Light, and Moraine's kind of like, thanks, Loyal, but I wouldn't be uh, too free with that greeting. And he's like, there's 20 Aes Sedai in Camelon at the moment, and every one of them but me is Red Aja. And he's like, ah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, there is... <laughs> Servants of the Light is a term that is... <sighs> How do I put it? It's what you would consider the gender-neutral term for Aes Sedai, which implies, you know, non-female, <laughs> which implies male channelers, which implies male Aes Sedai, which implies the people who broke the world and everything. So, And conveniently that, you know, the Red Aja, which hunts down said male Aes Sedai, are or 19 people in the city at the moment and they don't take kindly to male eyes to die it's that kind of concept <laughs> so um but Rand's trying to like figure out because he's he's confused and he because he doesn't know what they're talking about um and i and moraine's kind of like you know it's strange I'm, i wouldn't expect you to be here and few ogier ever leave the setting especially recently and Loyal explains, like, how, you know, his books and everything filled his head with pictures of wanting to see cities and groves and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's like, and even if buildings are a poor substitute for the trees, they are still worth seeing. So, um, and the elders think of him as an oddity, like he's an oddball um, because he wants to travel. And it's just like, well, I mean, that doesn't make it necessarily odd unless you think of like the Ogier perspective on like why would we leave the setting <laughs> kind of thing but um most of the ogier don't think there's anything out there in the world worth seeing or participating in and outside of like stonework and stonemation leaving to go you know repair cities or whatever from wars and all that they don't really go anywhere mm. um and moraine's just like you know i'm i'm abrupt i know it's a failing of humankind but we have some urgent plan if you could excuse excuse us and of course loyal's confused because he's like what well, i i thought Rand said i could go with you and Rand's like hey he's coming with us i promised him he could and of course moraine just kind of like stares at him and he's like the wheel weaves as the wheel wills you know and I'm like, at this rate you're gonna pick up a whole flipping army before you ever get to tarvala 
because they're just picking up every person off the street. They're like, yeah, sure, you want to come? Man, head this way. But then she tells... Oh, we the, we're on the top secret deadly mission. Can I come too? Ah, oh, sure, come <laughs> Yeah, where are we going? <laughs> Pippin from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's just really funny. Um, but, you know, she's like, hey, land, make sure no one catches us off guard. So he vanishes. Um, and then as soon as land disappears... All talk stops. Moraine goes over to the fireplace and she turns and everyone's looking at her and she's like, yeah, you know, Camden's not safe and we can't stay here very long. And even the Queen's Blessing and the Dark One's eyes are, you know, looking for us. They haven't found us or they would not be looking still. We have that to our advantage. But by the time the Dark One realizes that a part of the city is blockaded away or uh, blockaded off from rats being allowed to go there once they figure that out they'll be like oh that's where we're supposed to go kind of thing and we should be long gone before that point um but any ward that pushes men or keeps men from coming to this area will alert merge all and we also have to deal with white cloaks and camelin and they're looking for Perrin and Egwene. So Rand makes a sound, and Moraine's like, what? And he's like, uh, I thought they were looking for Matt and me. And it's like, why would they be looking for you? <laughs> it's like, well, they said they were looking for somebody from the Two Rivers and Dark Friends. What would I supposed to think? Like, everything that's been happening, I'm lucky I can think at all. Yeah, well, you know, it's not it's not that un unreasonable for him to make the connection. Well, like, when the under-officer came in, he's just like, we're looking from, uh, you know someone from the two rivers and he's like oh i'm from the two rivers I mean, he has no idea that you know Perrin and Egwene have been in trouble with the white cloaks like yeah so you know what well the chances that there are the people from the two rivers here yeah at this point he doesn't know but also the fact that the last time they had a run in in barillon with the white cloaks it was matt and rand so if the white cloaks are as insane as everybody thinks they are them going from barillon all the way to camelon searching for a dark friend that they believe is a fully fledged dark friend. They, it's not beyond reasonable to assume that they would pursue them. And that's the only encounters that Rand and Matt have had with white cloaks. So that's all they have in their head to worry about. Like, Oh, well they're searching for us. I thought, and then loyal pops in and goes, you know, I know it's confusing, but you know, obviously the children hate Aes Sedai. Elida wouldn't... Of course, Moraine's like, Elida? What does she have to do with this? And she starts looking at Rand, like, burrowing into his skull, and he's like, she just wanted to throw just... me in prison. <laughs> I, I, before we carry on, I just really love the idea of um, Moraine just treating Elida like how Nynaeve has been treating Moraine. <laughs> just, just just you're... Yeah, I see the kind of relationship they have. Well, just because... Well, like, what is she doing? <laughs> there's history, so we'll get to that at some point. But you have Ooh, to remember, crazy. you have to remember, just because you're an Aes Sedai doesn't mean you're friends with every other Aes Sedai. Like Aes Sedai is like a, it's like being a knight. So you could be a knight for a kingdom, but just because you run oh, into another knight does not mean you like each other. Well, it's part of like any organization, really. Yeah. Yeah. You're well. You're all ostensibly working for the same goal, but, you know... Allegedly. Difference, difference of opinion and all that. 
Well, it's the same thing as like people on different, you know, spectrums of viewpoints on virtually anything. They could have the the same goal in mind, but different ways to achieve that goal. I mean, we see this every day in every moment of our lives where, you know, like we need to feed the homeless. Well, how do we do that? We do it this way or we do it that way. You know, we need to do this. Well, how do we do that? We do it this way or we do it that way. Like different people come up with different ways to do things because that's the way they best believe it needs to be done. Well, the same thing for Aes Sedai is that Aes Sedai believe certain things. Now, you also have to remember there's Ajahs, and the Ajahs have different functions. Like, um, I think we'll get to it more in depth later, but it's essentially each colored Ajah, so you got like blue, red, gray, white, blah, 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 going on, going on. They all have their specialty, if you will. And they believe that through their specialty, they can solve all the problems their way. Now, Moraine's a blue, Elida's a red. Out of all the Ajahs, these are probably the most furthest apart <laughs> in terms of opposition. They are not on like the greatest of terms with each other because they're the complete polar opposites of viewpoints. So... Um, trying trying to get them to well I, I shouldn't say they're the only polar opposites there are a couple other ones that can also uh conflict with them but let's just say the red are the most militant in terms of the way they go about doing things um but they have a singular focus really which is basically taking care of men that can channel that's legitimately their goal so to speak um not that they can't do other things, not that they can't participate in other things, and like like they can't be, you know, uh, advisors to rulers and whatnot. But their their main focus is in spreading the red influence, not not the Aes Sedai influence. Like they want the red influence before they want Aes Sedai influence before they want other influence. So it's like they're more like clans, I guess. They're clans of the same society, but they want their clan to be in power over the other clans. So it's, it's a constant political shuffling in the Aes Sedai world. So uh, we'll get mm. to that more later on, but that's kind of why there's kind of a, what does she have to do with this kind of thing? Because Moraine knows a lot is here. A, a, Moraine knows who a lot is, and we'll definitely get to that at some point. Excuse me. Um, but then there's, um, well, I'll, I'll leave that for later. Uh, so, um, Rand's like, well, she wanted to throw me in prison and all I wanted to do was see Loghain, but you know, they wouldn't believe that I was in the palace gardens of the lane and Gawain by chance. And this is where the funk begins. Yeah. And then they're all staring at him like he has sprouted a third eye, except Loyal, because Loyal already knew all this. He's like, what? Queen Morgays let me go. There was no proof I had any harm and she said she's going to uphold the law, no matter what Elida wanted. And he's like, Ugh. can you imagine me meeting a queen, a beautiful... Or, like, a beautiful queen, like the ones in the stories. And, you know, Elaine's beautiful, too. And Gawain? Man, Perrin, you'd like Gawain. And he's looking at Perrin, and like, Perrin? Matt? And they're all just staring at him. He's like, blood and ashes. I just climbed a wall to look at a false dragon. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and Matt's just like, that's what I always say. And then he starts grinning. <laughs> and then probably my favorite part in the entire chapter, and Egwene asks in a decidedly neutral voice, who's Elaine? <laughs> it's just like, Yes. And then of course, 
Moraine says something that you don't expect out of Moraine. Because <laughs> it doesn't tell us what she says, but we can we can infer what she says. And then parents are like, wow, you have had adventures. Um, I was like, all we met were tinkers and some wide cloaks. And, of course, he's not looking at Moraine, so obviously. And then Rand's like, clearly, I, I noticed this. Like, yeah, parent, I noticed that. And Perrin touches the breeze on the face. He's like, on the whole, singing with the Tinkers is more fun than the White Cloaks. <laughs> it's like, you think? <laughs> like, really? Um, and Loyal mentions, like, the traveling people, which is the Tuathaon slash Tinkers. Um, he's like, you know, they live for the songs, for any song for that matter, which I'm like, I just want to hear Tinkers singing, like, the, the raunchy body songs. <laughs> it's just like, wait, what? What, what are you singing? <laughs> Like there are children here, good sirs. <laughs> it's like what? But um, no, I'm just singing bloody army songs. Yeah, or tavern songs. I think would be worse. Um, but you know, loyal had met some Tuatha on a while back, and you know they wanted to learn the songs they sing to the trees. And he's like, well, they don't really listen very much anymore, and not very many Ogier can learn the songs. So. But he does have a scrap of that talent, and that's capital T for talent, in terms of uh, a special ability similar to previously where we noticed Elida's foretelling. That's her talent. Um, it's a special, typically more lost thing. That's It's more rare than common, where at some point it was common, and now it's more rare. It's kind of like, it's almost like in your DNA, eventually, you know, you get rid of a certain type of DNA. So all, everybody only has a particular type of DNA. It just kind of sorts itself out eventually. Um, and basically the Tuatha on wanted to learn. So uh, he tried teaching to them, but the trees don't listen to humans. They only listen to Ogier apparently. Um, and to the Tuatha on their only songs, but they're not the ones that they're looking for because they're looking for a particular song. And until they find that song, they just keep looking. Um, and he, he points out like, yeah, that's what they call the leader of the Tuatha on or each individual Tuatha on group. It's the seeker. Um, and they come occasionally to setting tanks die. And of course, Moraine's like, you know, thanks loyal. But if you mind, and he's like, mm -hmm, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, then I'm going to read this part here. I've just remembered something, Aes Sedai. Something I've always wanted to ask an Aes Sedai if I ever met one. Since you ha know many things and have great libraries in Tarvalen, and now I have, of course, and may I? If you make it brief, she said curtly. Brief, he said as though wondering what it meant. Yes, well... Brief. There was a man came to studying Shangtai a little time back. This was not unusual in itself at the time, since a great many refugees had come to the spine of the world, fleeing what you humans call the Aiel War. Rand grinned. A little time back. Twenty years, near enough. He was at the point of death though there was no wound or mark on him. The elders thought it might be something Aes Sedai had done. Loyal gave Moraine an apologetic look. 
since as soon as he was within the steading, he quickly got well. A few months. One night, he left without a word to anyone, simply sneaked away when the moon was down. He looked at... <laughs> he looked at Moraine's face and cleared his throat again. Yes. Brief. Before he left, he told a curious tale which he said he meant to carry to Tarvalin. He said the Dark One intended to blind the Eye of the World and slay the Great Serpent, kill time itself. The elders said he was as sound in his mind as in his body. But that was what he said. What I have wanted to ask is, can the Dark One do such a thing? Kill time itself? And the Eye of the World? Can he blind the Eye of the Great Serpent? What does it mean? Rand expected almost anything from Moraine except what he saw. Instead of giving Loyal an answer or telling him she had no time for it now, she stood there staring right through the Ogier, frowning in thought. So this little blurb I liked because it points out something that we've already covered from a different perspective, which we're about to cover again <laughs> right after this. But mm. it's something that is... <laughs> For one, we get a little humor when it comes to Ogier about being brief. Like, her even saying, make it brief, should be considered a joke. Like, she should even know it's a joke, because everyone knows that they're not brief. Um, so, we learn about a guy who goes to the setting Shangtai, and he was, you know, fleeing the Aiel War and whatnot. But there was something wrong with him, but it wasn't like a physical issue and he got better after being there for a couple months and before he left um he had told the uh, ogier about you know the dark one intending to blind the eye of the world say the great sort this is a lot of like prophetic kind of talk it's a lot mm. of um metaphorical usage like the great serpent is you know time and you know the eye of the world is kind of a it's difficult to explain at this point <laughs> uh, without going into further detail and stuff so maybe you just don't <laughs> yeah that's kind of where i'm going with it but it, it's at yeah. least at this point it's it's like when you hear a prophecy and it sounds very elaborate and they use words that you don't really understand it's more symbolic for something else that's really what it is it's not like there's a specific point more or less that is you know this is the eye of the world and it's a giant eye you know like it's not like that it's it's something else but um so Loyal asked this, and of course, Rand's caught off guard by the fact that uh, Moraine's not, like, actually answering. Instead, she's just thinking. And then Perrin pipes up about, like, yeah, Tinker's told us that, too. And Egwene confirms it about the Aiel story and everything. And Moraine turns around, and she's like, huh? What story? So then she's just looking at them with, like, a blank face. But Perrin's like, ugh. 
And then it kind of covers the whole thing about the tinkers and the waste and the eye eel and, you know, sight blinder and trying to blind the eye of the world. But three years ago, not 20. And Moraine's just like, hmm, this could mean probably everything. And then Perrin all of a sudden just goes and says, Baalzamat! Because, why not? <laughs> and then everybody else is just like, <gasps> and Perrin looks at Rand and Matt and he's like, you know, I'd wondered where I heard that name before. And in the eye of the world, he's like, I remember, don't you? And Matt's like, I don't want to remember anything. <laughs> it's like, I can't really blame him after what's gone up. <laughs> yeah. Um, parents like, well, we gotta tell her. It's kind of important. We can't keep it a secret anymore. Don't you see that, Rand? And Maureen's like, tell me what? <laughs> like she's really upset. Um, and it's like she thinks that you know they're gonna come out and say Baalzaman has taken our souls or something like that. <laughs> she's like, I have to kill you now. <laughs> like she's she's bracing for impact, and um. Rand's like, well, we've had some dreams and whatnot, and Baalzaman shows up in them, and he says all things, but he says things like, you know, the eye of the world will never serve us. And Perrin's like, yeah, I never told us that. And, of course, Perrin's like, aren't you angry at us? Because the Moraine doesn't even look angry. She's just kind of, like, looking at him. And I'll have you go ahead and pick up the spark. More with myself than you. But I did ask you to tell me if you had strange dreams. In the beginning, I asked. Though her voice remained level, a flash of anger crossed her eyes and was gone in an instant. Had I known after the first such, I might have been able to... As he had not even been a dream walker in Tarvalon for nearly a thousand years, but I could have tried. Now, it is too late. Each time the Dark One touches you, it makes the next touching easier for him. Perhaps my presence can still shield you somewhat, but even then. Remember the stories of the Forsaken binding men to them? Strong men. Men who had either fought here the Dark One near from near the start. Those stories are true. And none of the Forsaken had a tenth of the strength of their master. Not Angan. I know that. Okay. Here's a bunch of names, please, so I know that I'm going to get a few of them wrong. Aganor. Ag. Well. Not Aganor. Nor Lanfear. Not. Right now, I'm, th I'm thinking about this, so it's just. <laughs> Balthamel. Not E. Balthamel. Or Damodred. Demon Dread. Demon Dread Tower. <laughs> Again, just think here's about here's the big one. Can you do it? Is it Ishamael? Ishamael. 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 Should I have done this one for you? <laughs> maybe, maybe. You always ask, hey, is there anything that you. <laughs> That's, I, say, I, like, I did ask it. I did tell you how to say it. But if you want, I can run through this last spot for you. Uh, it's literally just here, like a few seconds, a few words, so it doesn't really matter. Alright, go for it. Not even ish. <laughs> Damn, I can't do it. Okay, I think the problem is here that I can't read it in like, character voices. Not even ish, uh, male. Betrayer of hope himself. 
There you go. So that got there, got there in the end. Close enough. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, I don't know. When I was reading through this, I see so just see like, yeah, this conversation was always bound to happen because they really should have just went to Moraine after like the first, like, dream. I was gonna say first few, but no, just, just after the first, that that's like enough for me to be like, no, need help. It's like I'm a little freaked out. I got you know Balzamon in my dream. Maybe I should get yeah, help. Yeah. Nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. What could possibly you know, just go having, wrong? Having Satan it's just in your dreams. It's. <sighs> oh. Of course, no, nothing to actually be concerned about. Yeah. Whatsoever. So what we do learn about in this part is, you know, a dreamwalker. First off, what is a dreamwalker? Do you know what a dreamwalker is? Never explained it, but the name is kind of self-explanatory. Of course you do. Um, is it though? <laughs> what? Yes. What if, how how what dare if... you? How dare you not know something that hasn't been explained to you? <laughs> I know. I'm asking. Like you said, it's self-explanatory. What is a dreamwalker? Well, I would just assume that it's a person that can enter into other people's dreams or have influence over uh, the dreams. Yes and no. Um, the, the dream world is a bit more complex than that. That's an aspect of it, but that's not the entirety of it. Um, let's just say this, this is probably kind of, something along those lines anyway. A dreamwalker is kind of a big deal. We'll put it that Um and well, when we get to that part of the story, I'll come into more detail, but I, I did want to test you to kind of see if it, if it made sense, because from, from a new reader's perspective, you, you see this word and they're like, Oh, a dreamwalker hasn't been in Tar Island for nearly a thousand years, but I could have tried. And it's like, but what's a dreamwalker? Like they don't, they yeah. don't, you don't get any instant gratification of like what it is right now. So from a perspective of yeah, a new person reading the series or a new reader of the series, I wanted to understand like what you would see it or what maybe our listeners would see when they get to that part. Be like, Hey, I don't know what this is. What is this? And see if they understand yeah. because it doesn't explain it at all right here. It just mentions, Hey, a dreamwalker. And then we're like, huh? And that's when we get more information later. Oh uh, yeah. Pretty something is being well placed. Pretty straightforward and self-explanatory name. If, like, okay, I'm a 40k fan, and he like, um, there's just so many names in it here, which are like, I have no idea what that thing actually means. <laughs> That's 40k for you. Yeah, so you're like, ah, uh, you know, Wraithbone Knight, and it's like, what the hell's that? <laughs> I'm just... Um, do you remember the Forsaken, and what they were covered as? Uh, people that, like, powerful people that have fallen to the Dark One. They are former Aes Sedai from the olden days when they were still male and female Aes Sedai. Um, they are very much a uh, how would you call it? So like the I underlings mean, or like they're very they're very powerful they're just people who were very powerful that were corrupted by promises of more power if you will um 
Ishamael, the betrayer of hope, was the one from the prologue that was kind of egging on Lutheran. So, um, Agenor, Lanfear, Balthamel, Demondred, they're just a few of the Forsaken. And they were like the strong of the strong kinds of the Aes Sedai and whatnot. I mean, some of them were Aes Sedai before Aes Sedai was even really a thing. They were just kind of like the strong users of the, of the one power. Um, I wonder if any of them have regret their choices. Mm, you'll have to find out. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> take that as you will. So, of course, Nynaeve and Egwene are looking at Ran, Matt, and Perrin with kind of, like, fear and horror. And like, he doesn't really know if it's, like, are they afraid of us or maybe afraid for us? And he's like, well, what can we do? And something has to be able to be done. And Moran's just like, well, you know, hanging out near me will help. I mean, I can give you some protection, but you cannot always be near me. But you have to defend yourself if you have the strength for it. But you got to find the strength and will within yourself. I can't give that to you. And Perrin's like, oh, I think I found my protection. You know, not particularly happy. I mean, we all know it's dealing with the wolves and stuff. Yeah. But he's clearly not happy about it. <clears throat> and um, Moraine's like, hmm, I suppose you have. And, you know, he drops his eyes. And he, he seems very, very timid compared to what he was. Like, he was always, like, slow to speak, but he was not timid. Um, and she kind of explains that there's limits of the Dark One's power inside you. But if you yield, he will tie a string to your heart, even if it's only yielding for a second. Um, he'll tie a string to you that you can't ever cut, or you may never be able to cut. If you surrender and you become his, deny him and his power fails. It will not be easy if he touches your dreams, but it's possible. And he could still send Hoffman, Trollocs, Drakkar, and other things, but he cannot make you his unless you let him. And Perrin's like, well, fades are bad enough. And, he's like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, fades aren't even the worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, gets, it gets much worse. Um, it always gets worse before it gets better. Um, and Matt's like, I just don't want him in my head again. I'm like, well, technically, Matt, you haven't had him in your head for a long time, so you're in good shape. Um, and he's like, is there a way to keep him out? And he's like, well, you know, Loyal doesn't have anything to worry about. Egwene, Nynaeve, most of humanity, you know, because the Dark One only touches a person by chance, unless that person seeks it. But... At least for now, you three boys are a central part of the pattern. A web of destiny is being woven and every thread leads straight to you. And she asked, like, what else the Dark One said to him and everything. And parents like, I don't remember very much, but there's something about us being chosen and him laughing a lot. And that we were chosen by and that we would serve him or die. And even then we'd still serve him. And Matt added that, you know the Omerlin seat would try to use us The Tarvalin used some other people like Davian and some other people. I can't remember. And parents like Rowan Darkspain and Rand's like, yeah, you're in his stone boat and where Amalasan or Amalasan. Yeah. I knew I was going to screw that up. Um, well, and then, you know, they're, they're trying, he's trying to, he stops suddenly trying to see if anybody noticed, you know, anything. It's like, I don't recognize them. 
But he recognized one that he had dug up where he's trying to remember where it's like Loghain the False Dragon was also on the list. But she, he didn't mention it. Maybe he's holding this back like the dreams. So maybe this could end poorly or maybe this is a good idea. You don't know because, you know, we're kind of there. Um, and he mentions like Tom said there are very dangerous names. But is that what Baalzaman meant? You know, that Moraine wants to use one of us as a false dragon or that the Aes Sedai hunt down false dragons. They don't use them, right? Well, I mean, if you think about it from a perspective, if you're an Aes Sedai and you're trying to stay relevant in a world that, you know, might be changing, like a kingdom might be changing their viewpoint on Aes Sedai and be like, well, we don't want Aes Sedai here because they're not useful or anything. A smart way for the Aes Sedai to show themselves capable or necessary is to pop up something that's dangerous that causes a lot of damage like a false dragon and then you know take care of that problem for you and then that kingdom's gonna be like oh well actually they're extremely useful we need to keep them around it it, it makes them appear relevant if that makes sense yeah so that that would be what you would consider a smart tactic by the Aes Sedai if they were trying to uh, retain power in another location. So doing it every so many years, the memory of those people will be like, oh yeah, because like some of these guys were hundreds of years ago. Some of them were like 20 years ago. So it's one of those things where them performing this every so often could be a valid way. Now, I'm not saying that the other ones weren't like any other man that could channel weren't allegedly just playing downright insane or thought that they were the actual true dragon reborn that not every single one has to be a false dragon that is set up by the Aes Sedai. I'm just saying that a tactic that could be used and implemented by the Aes Sedai could be to set up a false dragon and then take care of them and say, Hey, you know, we're still, we're still viable and we're still useful and that gives us power. So in that regard, it's not like his, his concept isn't too far out there, but it's not necessarily correct, but it's not necessarily incorrect. It, it could be a possibility, but it's not necessarily true. Um, Moraine's kind of like looking at him and he asks like, do you know these people? And Moraine's like, well, the father of lies is a good name for the dark one. Well, I mean, it is one of his names. <laughs> so, and he likes to send a, uh, a worm of doubt wherever he could to eat at men's minds like a canker. Um, when you believe the father of lies is the first step towards surrender. Remember, if you surrender the dark one, he will make you his. But then we get this interesting thought that he remembers Tam telling him. And Aes Sedai never lies, but the truth she speaks may not be the truth you think you hear. That's what Tam had told Rand. And she hadn't really answered the question for him. So he's kind of like, mm, I'm, I'm, I have to be cautious about what I'm saying and everything. Well, of course, Egwene starts crying softly and Nynaeve's holding her like she wants to cry too. And it's just like... Oh my gosh. But Rand's like, I kind of want to as well. I'm like, why is everybody trying to cry? Like, it's not going to solve literally anything. So I'll pick up the next part. They are all to Viren, Loyal said abruptly. 
He seemed brightened by the prospect, looking forward to watching from close by as the pattern wove itself around them. Rand looked at him incredulously, and the ogre gave an abashed shrug, but it was not enough to dim his eagerness. So they are, Moraine said. Three of them, when I expected one. A great many things have happened that I did not expect. The, this news concerning the Eye of the World changes such. She paused, frowning. For a time, the pattern does seem to be swirling around all three of you, just as Loyal says, and the swirl will go, grow greater before it becomes less. Sometimes being Tavirin means the pattern is forced to bend to you, and sometimes it means the pattern forces you to the needed path. The web can still be woven many ways, and some of those designs would be disastrous. For you, for the world. Woo! So, Loyal is kind of like taking the puzzle pieces and snapping them together, and he's like, Tavirin! They're all Tavirin! And he, he like strains that they're all Tavirin, all three of them. Not Egwene and Nynaeve, of course. <laughs> um, just Matt, Ren, and Perrin. And he's excited by the, con the, the concept of them all being that. And, you know, it, it's something that really kind of like burns that fire up of excitement. And he's like, yeah, they're all Tavirin. And he's like, oh, I'm getting to travel with these guys. So, woo, this is going to be great. And he's excited to see what happens because it's... A lot of the unnatural things happen because a Taviran has a way about them that things happen differently. And that's something he's excited for. Um, and Moraine agrees that there's three of them. And that's not what she expected. Um, and with this news of the, the eye of the world changes a bit. So we're like, mm, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, she goes on to say that they can't remain in Camelon. But anyway, they could leave. They got Merdral and Charlock's waiting for them 10 miles out. And, like, that's a lot of Trollocs and Merdral to be able to literally hide so many fists. Hundreds, if not more. Uh, it's not like. How do you hide hundreds of fists of Trollocs and Merdral? When, like, the sun comes up and you could just look outside and see a giant black blob of army. Like, hmm. My crops look very unhealthy. Like, they, <laughs> it's like, really? Like, how do you hide that? But they have a way to hide it, apparently. Um, maybe they have dark friends watching the roads and they'll return to the Merdral and give them the information they need or something. You know, whatever, and then they will come out of their hiding, surging like a giant wave, and sweep over somebody. Um, but be as it may, they're like, "Well, we hear of a threat to the eye of the world, but not from one source, but three sources, all dependent or independent, apparently, of the others." So we got the dreams, the three dreams. That's one source. We've got the tinkers. That's another source. And we have this man who told the Ogier what's going on. So that's three independent sources of information gathering this 
concept of the eye of the world being threatened. And it's all kind of coming to a, a, a head right here in the Queen's Blessing where everything's kind of converging. And Elaine, or not Elaine, uh, Moraine, I'm just imagining Moraine like spinning in circles, just like looking at everybody who's like telling her stuff, you know, like rah, 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 just getting all this information. And then she'd be like, hmm, well, this is what we got to do. So she points out that the pattern is forcing their direction and their path. Um, it's weaving around the three now acclaimed Taviran. And, uh, but what's going to change everything and, you know, what, where, who's in control of what's going on as the dark one's prison weakened enough for him to exert control. Um, and then he was like, there's no need to that talk. You'll frighten people. He's like, what? You're not frightened. It frightens me. It's like, well, I mean, it's kind of a valid reason to be frightened because that's kind of frightening. Um, but it's per perhaps it's right. Fear cannot be allowed to affect our course. And he's like, whether this is a trap or a timely warning, we got to do what we can to reach the eye of the world as quickly as possible. And the green man will must be told of the threat. So Rand's like, what? The green man? And everyone's just like, what is that? And of course, Loyal's just like looking worried. And Moraine's like, well, I can't even take a chance at stopping by Tarvalin for help. Like we're trapped. We have to get going and even if we could get out of the city unhindered, it would take weeks to reach the blight. And I fear we no longer have weeks. And of course, Rand's like the blight and <laughs> everybody is saying the blight at the same time. <clears throat> and I'll go ahead and read this last part. <clears throat> the pattern presents a crisis and at the same time, a way to surmount it. If I did not know it was impossible, I could almost believe the Creator is taking a hand. There is a way. She smiled as if, as if at a private joke and turned to Loyal. There was an Ogier Grove here at Caimlin and a way gate. The new city now spreads out over where the grove once stood, so the way gate must be inside the walls. I know not. I know not many Ogier know, learn the ways now, but one who has a talent and learns the old songs of growing must be drawn to such knowledge, even if he believes it will never be used. Do you know the ways, Loyal? The Ogier shifted his feet uneasily. I do, I said I, but... Can you find the path to Faldara along the ways? I've never heard of Faldara, Loyal said, sounding relieved. In the days of the Trolloc Wars, it was known as Mafal de Darinel. Do you know that name? I know it, Loyal said reluctantly, but... Then you can find the path for us, Moraine said. A curious turn, indeed, when we can neither stay nor leave by any ordinary means. I learned of a threat to the eye, and in the same place there is one who can take us there in days, whether it is the Creator, or Fate, or even the Dark One. The pattern has chosen our path for us. No, Loyal said, an emphatic rumble like thunder. Everyone turned to look at him and blinked under the attention, or and he blinked under the attention. But there was nothing hesitant about his words. If we enter the ways, 
we will all die or be swallowed by the shadow. That's not ominous in the slightest. No. Uh -huh. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> what a way to end a chapter, though. Mm -hmm. So, in this... Gotta be a letdown when he, the next chapter is he just more being like, oh, all right then. Just give me up on the idea. <laughs> all right. I guess we'll just die here. <laughs> Sounds like okay, a plan. Yeah, that is. Um, this little part, especially, I mean, being that's the end of the chapter, not always is the end of the chapter like some big oh, news. It's sometimes it's just, you know, a, a good switch cutoff point. Yeah. But in this particular part, she makes a point where it's like, you know, I almost could believe that the creator is taking a hand. It's more of a deistic approach where, you know, uh, a, a, some form of a deity comes in, creates a planet, and then just kind of like walks away. Just like leaves it alone. And that's kind of like what Robert Jordan was kind of running with it. So we have her saying, I could almost believe the creator is taking hand, a hand. But I know that's impossible. But there is a way. So it's like, you know, the pattern is wrapping itself around these three Taviran. And that pattern is drawing us to where we we get what we need when we need it. Like, we're in a city completely surrounded by Trollocs. And they could just overwhelm the walls and find us and get us. So we need a way out. And then they won't do that. So what do we do? Um... So, they're in an Ogier Grove here in Camelin. There's a waygate because basically all the groves have uh, a waygate that was built when the groves were brought or when the groves were uh, created, I guess, um, sprouted, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Grown, I guess. Grown's probably the proper term. Um, so the waygate's probably inside the walls, but they also conveniently have loyal who has a talent for songs of growing that that ogier specifically would have the knowledge that would be able to uh give them the information that they would want right so yeah. it's, it's a little it's a little weird but it's just like huh really um and he's like, I do know. And then he's like, I don't know what Faldara is. And they're like, well, what about Mafala de Darnell? He's like, ah, crap. I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, he really doesn't want to do it. And we always learn this. Like, if we enter the ways, we will all die or be swallowed by the shadow. It's like, well, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, and we get to learn some fun stuff about that, which is always nice. Um, so, um, was there anything you wanted to cover about the chapter since it's not a terribly long chapter but we did get to cover some more in-depth detailed stuff well i guess he the way that like i kind of saw this chapter was a kind of it's just like a laying out of like the next steps of like the next stretch of the journey that um we know that he like you know things have changed we need to handle the situation from a new angle so we're going to do x y and z now which is you know fa fairly simple to do and um yeah the, 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 there's not really that much uh not really that much either like to like take away from this because um 
you know, all the stuff in there were like revelations we already knew about. It was only Moraine, Moraine and um, the others outside of uh, Perrin, Matt, and Rand who didn't know about their dreams and all that. And uh, yeah, we're giving you like a little bit more, I guess, web and like information about here, like uh, prominent characters on here, like the uh, side of the enemy. And uh, yeah, it's also good to see that Matt's not insane anymore. Yeah. Was there was there anything that you particularly thought was like? A big eye opener or anything? Uh, okay, that guy kind of wasn't really uh, any great um, revelations in this. Although I am kind of interested to see where, like the fact that he like Moraine has technically saved Matt, but it's not going to last. That uh, he's he's going to just see kind of be slowly drawn into the madness again, and just his mind be slowly poisoned again. And uh, you know, I don't know if it's he'd like kind of be the same as before, or you know, he might uh, change quicker or something like that. I don't know what happens, but I kind of look forward to seeing how it uh, comes about. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely uh, be oh. an interesting. Turn of events, if you will. Yeah. A conversation that I do want to see happen is between, like, Matt and Perrin. Sorry, Rand, Rand, Matt and Perrin, where Perrin, like, sort of talks about, like, his experiences as of late and uh, <laughs> his um, affinity with wolves, I guess you could say. That, oh. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be... It's going to be... It's going to... You got 15, 14 more books, so at some point we'll get yeah. to it. Um, yeah, at some point. It's, it's, it's going to be like, hey, listen, your eyes are yellow. What's up with that? Sorry sorry that I'm here saying that now, you know, five years down the line, but, you know, just curiosity has taken me. Just, I, I can't hold it back anymore. I just found these contacts out in the woods. They just seem to be my style, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't taken them out in five years? Nah, they're just, they're just very comfortable. They're actually super glued in. I'm too. Or, I mean, or I'm even too better. Or e even better. It's gonna be like you know. Actually, um, my eyes have always been this color. I've just worn you know like brown eye color contacts to keep it hidden. I've actually been. Have... I've actually been Superman all this time. You just didn't realize it. Yeah. My, my eyes have already seen it look like this. You just never noticed. Just just call Thanks, me guys. Kal El. <laughs> oh god. So um, yeah. And, and, I mean, you got a couple things. Is there anything else you wanted to chit-chat about before we wrap her up? Uh, nah, nothing else is really coming to mind. Okay. Um, do you want me to start the shilling? Do you want to shill or shall I? I mean, it doesn't matter, really. If you want to, That's... you're more than welcome to, but I can. Uh, okay, go on then. We really, we really <laughs> please, need to like, flip please, a coin. Please don't do this. Don't do this to me. Do it yourself. <laughs> really, need to, like flip a coin before we start recording or something. I, I mean, that's less entertaining. I think. I mean, unless somebody else 
tells us otherwise. As, as opposed to the minute long, do you want to do it? Uh, do you want to do it? Uh, <laughs> going back and forth. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Now don't start that again. Don't start that again. <laughs> it's part of our charm and it's it's part of our charisma. Like, I mean, can't you tell like all the fans just like ooing and eyeing over us, cooing over us? Be like, oh man, these guys just they they've got that charisma dripping from their voices. They've got that charisma I mean, that, dripping that's from the their real eyeballs. Drama. I mean, it's basically earwax just come pouring out of our ears, you know. <laughs> that's that kind of charisma, man. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess we'll go ahead and do the shilling. Um, so thanks everybody for hanging out with us and listening. And I know it can sometimes be a challenge. Um, some episodes are not nearly as fun as some other ones, but hopefully they are informative at the very least. Um, if you know, anybody sent questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, anything like that, um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can reach us out on Twitter at tales of a red arm is our handle and uh, you can get a hold of us directly there or comment on one of our uh, posts about one of our episodes being released whichever one it is at the time so that this one when it gets posted up um, you can comment about what you thought of the chapter or something in that one or any of the ones that's related to or you can just hit us up directly through direct messaging um, you can also reach us on Facebook Tales of a Red Arm um, and post something on one of our posts there or post something yourself um, or message us completely directly or whatever if you have any questions um, we do ask that you know veterans please do not spoil the series for anybody because a lot of new people don't want to have the story ruined for them before they even get through it and i hate spoilers when they hit me so i mean you'd probably hate it if it was you as well so please just be kind about that and uh, respectful of other people's will to not hear the story before they get to it um we are more than willing to work with you guys on separating like two little discussion rooms or something where one's for people who want spoilers or have already gone through all the stuff that the story has that we just haven't gotten to yet and they can just chat in there without worrying about people who don't want spoilers going in there and you know ruining the story for them um same thing as another room for non-spoilers so you don't give any spoilers and people in that room can just you know whatever um and hang out and have a good time discussing things um we encourage uh that what you would consider <laughs> proper discourse where it's like you know if you guys disagree with each other or disagree with us or me specifically, because James's viewpoints are still kind of new to this. So you probably disagree with me more than you disagree with him. Um, I look forward to getting shouted at. Yeah. Just blame James for everything I say. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> um, but if you guys disagree with me, how dare disagree... you have this opinion? It's not my opinion. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if it's not your opinion. It's your fault for having it, but I don't <laughs> exactly. Um, I, if you guys disagree with me or disagree with each other, like if you, if somebody puts out like, here's what I think actually happened or whatever, you know, be respectful towards each other. Um, I ask you if you're respectful towards me, but I'm less offended than that. So I'm, I'm not really technically worried about that, but I would just act just for a general courtesy of everyone who participates in the conversation, just be respectful of each other. Um, you can bring arguments to why you think I'm wrong or I'm stupid or whatever, or if you think somebody else is wrong. Just, Hopefully not if they're stupid. Just don't point that out there. Um, but just do it in a respectful way. And 
let's learn off of each other. Cause like, that's the fun part about this is that we can read it, grab different things. And I mean, even though I've read this series several times and there's a lot of veterans who have as well, we can still disagree with each other on how things happen or whatever. That's perfectly fine. Um, I always, I always argue for the point that has the most evidence supporting it. So if there's, if that is something you can pull out, I will probably join your viewpoint if that is something you can pull out, even if it does pay me to do so. Um, but uh, you can also, if you want to have like a question or something posted on, or not posted, mentioned in a podcast episode or something, we'll be more than happy to ask that question at the end of like an episode or something and give a viewpoint we have on it and say like, here's the best we can answer it and maybe that'll give you a little fun and maybe we can do some fun events or activities uh down the line depending on how many people want or want to be a part of that or aren't even interested in that because i mean we're not by far the biggest with all two listeners we got (laughs) so um but yeah we we do appreciate everyone participating in uh this podcast and we would love for more people to participate so if you wouldn't mind sharing either uh the twitter posts or the facebook posts or just verbally telling somebody like hey here's here's a podcast you should check it out or something like that um but that would be greatly appreciated by both myself and james and uh we look forward to uh spending many 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 more episodes with you since there will be a lot (laughs) Um, so uh yeah, I guess that will be the end for this particular episode. So thanks all for hanging out, and we look forward to hanging out with you next time. Until then. We drink all night and dance all day, and on the girls will spend our pay. And when we're done, then we'll away to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll toss the dice however they fall, and snuggle the girls be they short or tall, and follow young Matt wherever he goes to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll toss the dice however they fall, and snuggle the girls be they short or tall, then follow Lord Matt wherever he goes to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll give a yell with a bloody curse And hug the maids, it could be worse Let's ride away with the dark ones first To dance with Jack of the Shadows Yeah! 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 Yeah!